0: Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. I'm Jennifer Slattery, and I wonder, have you ever received a blessing from God and then worried that He might take it away? or maybe a past disappointment or even a really deep disappointment or a loss made it hard for you to retain hope For the future and for all the unknowns that lie ahead. Ultimately, you may fear that God won't come through on his promise to care for you and to lead you to a peace and joy filled life. Can we really trust him with those things, with with the people we hold most dear? Well, today I've invited biblical novelist Jill Eileen Smith to join us to talk about trusting God even when we're afraid. Jill, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. Well, Jill is the best-selling and award-winning author of the biblical fiction series, The Wives of King David, Wives of the Patriarchs, and Daughters of the Promised Land, as well as many other biblical novels, including her newest, Daughter of Eden, Eve's Story. That sounds fascinating. Jill lives with her family. And where do you live again, Jill? Uh, Southeast Michigan. Southeast Michigan. So like we were talking before we got on, you've had some snow?
1: We did about a week or so ago, finally. I was like, Wait a minute, we moved here last year and there was so much beauty, you know, this year there was nothing until finally we
0: had some, but now it's melting. Nice. When I know from us talking previously, you've battled fear yourself. So you can kind of relate a little to our Genesis series to really what Abraham might have been experiencing. Is that correct? Definitely. Specifically
1: at different times, yes struggled with it more than at other times. But when I was a kid, I, I I came to know Jesus when I was eight years old. And I fell in love with the Bible after reading a biblical novel. I was about 16 at the time. But because I love to read, and I mean, i I loved the Bible, but I loved novels as well. And I also read a different book at that time. That when it was about a man who struggled with fear, and of course, I kind of grew up with struggling with fear. So when he struggled with fear and giving his wife, or at that point, it was his fiancee, to the Lord to trust God with her, he finally gave her to the Lord. They got married, and she died in a car accident on their honeymoon. I read that, and unfortunately. I was too immature and as a teen able to process that it instead of it being what a lot of people may have taken away from it a good thing that he could trust the Lord, I looked at it as God can't be trusted. I could trust him with my eternal salvation, but I couldn't trust him with my daily life and especially with the people I loved. So from that point on, I, I didn't want to risk him taking them away from me. So I, I lived in fear. And I quote, worry prayed, which is kind of like you pray because you're worrying and you're trying to control God with your prayers. But unfortunately, it was his way of telling the story that changed my attitude toward God and I lived with that a really long time I feared losing my parents and then my husband and then I got married I feared losing him and then we had our first child and I feared losing him and finally I got to the point where I said I can't take this anymore the fear was too controlling and so I got along with the Lord I told him all my fears and I gave them over to him even though I kind of said but please don't take them away because I was still holding back but but at the same time, it was the best surrender I could and relinquishment I could give. And he gave me the peace I needed. And I realized later my perspective on that person's book wasn't probably the takeaway. wasn't what he intended, certainly, and maybe what most people didn't take. And God showed me, look, I can be trusted. My dad lived to be 89, my mom 98, our oldest child's 40, and we have been married almost 46 years. So... Does that mean no one suffers loss or that God, if you pray and give him everything, you won't lose? Oh, I lost a lot of things in my life. I've, they're just not in that way. I've had suffered a lot of different kinds of losses. But at that point in time, he met that need and showed me that not just with my eternal salvation, but with my everyday life. He can be trusted. I just have to keep reminding myself that.
0: I think that's really important. Yeah. We can remind ourselves of what we're afraid of, or we can remind ourselves of the truth. Because, like you said, we will experience things that that are difficult, that are challenging, just like Abraham did. And so to recap, for those who maybe haven't been following our series or or just to kind of remind us, so in Genesis 15, God had appeared to Abraham in a dream during which he promised to protect him and he reiterated his promise. And God promised to to fulfill both parts of what scholars now refer to as the Abrahamic Covenant. So Abraham had messed up really big time in Genesis 16, and he had sinned in a way that caused others great pain, that led to great grief to him as well. But we see in what we're about to pick up, and and actually last week as well, if you listen, we see that God was faithful to the promise that he had made decades prior, and he gave Abraham and Sarah the child of the promise, the one that they had longed for. But then in today's scripture... God asked Abraham to do something that would devastate any parent, something that, honestly, I'm not sure I would have the strength to do. Joe, would you mind reading in Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 to 13? Sure. Okay. Sometime later,
1: God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love. while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamp for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns, he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead
0: of his son. I think that's a really hard story to process. And so just some background, Abraham had gone to Egypt. He's experienced a famine. He had made some really bad choices twice. He'd fought in in this military battle and he'd had to give away his to kind of surrender his other son. And that had to be Super, super hard. And so for those of you, if you haven't been following the previous chapters, he had a firstborn son through his wife's maidservant. And scripture tells us that he really loved his son. So I'm going to read in Genesis 21, 11 to 13, when, when God said, just, you know, go ahead and send Ishmael, what was the boy's name? Go ahead and send him away. Scripture tells us that the matter distressed Abraham greatly because of his son. So he was in deep, like the, the original Hebrew, he was in deep Anguish over over doing this, and but also God said to Abram, Abraham, do not be distressed because of the lad and your maid. Whatever Sarah tells you, listen to her. For through Isaac your descendant shall be named, and of the son of the maid I will make a nation. Also, because he is your descendant, so we see that this would have just been so so difficult for him, right? So so painful for him to do. But then God also did promise, I'm still going to take care of. Of Ishmael, I'm still going to take care of the child. So I, I think even though it was hard, he still had the promise of God's of God's care. But I I think in that too, recognizing when when we hear what you just read, reading that with the understanding that of all the time. Abraham had waited for this promised child and all that had happened prior, both the good and the bad and the painful. All of that is kind of taken into context with this story, right? It would have impacted his how he felt when he responded to this.
1: Definitely. And we honestly don't know how old Isaac was at the point this happened because Ishmael was sent away when Isaac was like four or five, right? So it happened after that. He was a lad. So like how old was a lad, you know, old enough to know what's going on. And it had to be hard for both of them. But I just, I can't imagine that. And especially since Abraham knew that child sacrifice was practiced in the nations around him and it God was not for it so why would God ask him to do something he didn't condone you know I, I think he'd had a lot of questions but the faith he showed was so strong and exemplary especially when you look at Hebrews where it says he believed that God could raise the dead that's why he went through with it it's like he knew if he had to kill him God would bring him back to life and I'm still not sure
0: I could have done that even with that kind of faith, you know? Well, it reminds me when we think about Abraham didn't always have that kind of faith. Like We yeah. see moments in his past of uh, very clear lack of faith. And it reminds me that delays aren't necessarily no's. They can be the building blocks for everything that's up ahead. And I think we see that with Abraham's journey. We see his his faith and his intimacy with God grow through everything he experienced. And I'm especially reminded, so in Genesis 21, verse 33, after all of his failures and all of his wins and everything we've covered in the previous chapters, Scripture tells us that he, quote, planted a tamarisk tree and called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And to me, there's significance in that. Like, he called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And to call on is like to worship and and to connect with. So. When I'm looking over his story and I'm looking at, we can know God as in, you know, we know of him, we've heard of him, we've read about him, and then we can know him through experience and know his character and his heart. With everything Abraham experienced, so when he was leaving Ur, he he learned God is the God who guides, right? And And when he really messed up in Genesis 16 and then later in Genesis 20... And both times we see God is the God of grace, right? Who kind of undid, undid his messes in a really big way. And then when he fought the battle in Genesis chapter 14, we see he's the God who defends. And then with, and, and with Isaac, we see that he's the God of perfect timing who doesn't forget his promises. And so he is, and then in Genesis 15, he's the God of the covenant who makes up for our lack. And I think all of those experiences revealed the heart of God. So. How God responded to Abraham's failures and challenges and crises revealed the character and the heart of God again and again. So I think by the time we reach this part of Abraham's story, he's got a pretty long history with God Almighty that, like you said, he's like, okay, I don't get what's going on here, but I know my God. Absolutely. He did. And I mean, he'd walked with
1: God a really long time. And hopefully, the longer we walk with God, the more we can trust Him. But that's not always true. It's a daily thing. It's a continual learning to lean on Him. And sometimes the battles that we have to fight, the older we get, the battles don't stop. And, and we have to continually go to the Lord and trust Him to help us deal with all of it. Because if we don't, then we end up doing what Abraham did back with Egypt and put Sarai in danger instead of um, himself, and you know, or with Hagar, listen to Sarah when he shouldn't have. And instead of saying, no, God said we'd have a baby, but Sarah never heard it promised to her. So she convinced him and he listened. And yeah, he wasn't always faithful, but God was. And he, by this point, I think he recognized that God is faithful and God had made covenants and kept promises.
0: Well, and I like your emphasis on, so our challenges, our trials, our problems, they can either drive us from God or to God. And depending on whether we turn to God or from God, then we can either experience increased faith or increased fear. So I think that's a really big, you know, just something for us to remember. I like, Jill, you emphasize the faith that we see, and I think we see that in a couple verses Where you mentioned one where Hebrews said, like, even if he were to, you know, if, if Isaac were to die, God would raise him from the dead. That's huge faith. Like, I believe in the, the resurrecting God. That, that's a a pretty big statement. But I also like what he said in Genesis 22 verse five. So he said to his servants, stay here while the, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. And, And then again, like you said, when, when Isaac asked him, like, where's, where's the the lamb? And he said, God himself will provide the lamb. And he knew God so well and trusted God so much that even though common sense told them everything contrary, he said, my God is a God of promises. He said, I'm going to be a man of many nations. And it would be through Isaac that all the nations would be blessed. Therefore, I don't get it, but I'm going to hold on to what I know. And I think that's a really good place for us to end. So before we do end, though, I would love to hear just a little bit about your book. So your your recent book on Eve. That sounds really intriguing. Oh, well, thank you. Well, it's Daughter of Eden, Eve's Story.
1: It released on my birthday, Valentine's Day. And um, congrats. No, well, thank you. And it was, it's surprising me so far. I mean... I It's my, I don't remember, 16th book, I think. Wow. Congrats. Well, thank you. But this one has gotten me emails from people that have just totally surprised me. God has something in this book that he wants to use in a way that I wasn't expecting. It was challenging, but I felt kind of a connection to Eve because don't we all wish that she'd never eaten the fruit, but we do the same thing, yeah. right? Yeah, it, soo- it sounds. Yeah. Why should we go back and undo? Sounds <laughs> wonderful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. So I will put information on, For I'll list that in the show notes as well. Let me close us in prayer. Okay, thank you. Holy Father, thank you that you are the God who keeps your promises. And you have promised to give us a beyond expectations life, to give us joy and to give us peace. And to, to bring us freedom. And we know that's your heart for us always. And thank you that you care for us, that you love us, that you guide us, just like you did with Abraham, and that you want to increase our faith day by day. You want us to get to know you better because that is how our faith increases. And it is in the name of your Son, our Savior, Lord Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Jill, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was nice. It's a good topic. And to our listener, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode and make sure to share it with your friends. And we would love it if you would rate it. That encourages our team and it helps others to find it as well. Until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Faith Over Fear is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media.